and welcome to the Rory's Nitro podcast, the show that rips up the buy rates and TV ratings and declares our own winner in some of pro wrestling's biggest head-to-head battles. I'm your host, Lee Carlos Cunningham, back all by myself to review the August 12th, 1996 episodes of Raw and Nitro. The episodes of Raw, uh, sorry, the episodes, Raw drew a two rating versus Nitro 3.3, so you can see we're right in the honeymoon period of the NWO here and they are dominating. But I watched Raw first, so we're going to head over and have a look at what Monday Night Raw had to offer before going over and seeing if the NWO managed to kick its ass in quality as well as ratings. Life-threatening complications from a ruptured kidney. Intercontinental champion Ahmed Johnson underwent emergency surgery this past week. The procedure, known as fusion, stemmed internal bleeding in Ahmed's damaged kidney. The injury was originally sustained by a series of blows to Ahmed's kidney area by newcomer Farouk Assad. The injury was further aggravated, however, by Ahmed's insistence on competing in last week's battle royal and yet another attack by Farouk. Ahmed demanded to be released from the hospital and is in fact at home improving. However, if his condition does not continue to improve, if the bleeding returns, unfortunately, it could very well necessitate kidney removal. However, I'm sure I speak for all the World Wrestling Federation fans who wish Ahmed Johnson a complete and rapid recovery. We begin with a video package looking at Ahmed Johnson's life-threatening injuries at the hands of Farouk. Um, and I will just remind everyone, because of the, the nature of this show, this is the episode of Raw that aired before SummerSlam, even though I've already reviewed that. When we get into in-ring competition, it's Farouk taking on Skip. Farouk with a pretty major beatdown here. Skip is definitely treated as a bit of a jobber. He eats an SOS slam and a power slam while Sonny taunts him from the outside. And then we get the Dominator for the one, two, three. So Skip definitely falling down the pecking order at this point in time. We then go to a recap of the Jerry Lawler Aldo Montoya angle where he beat him down and stuffed him full of alcohol. And we get Jake on the phone as we go to a commercial break. When we come back, it's Savio Vega versus Crush in what would be a future Nation of Domination exploding match. Uh, it's all Crush early on here. Bit of a slow beat down. Runs him into the post. Clarence Mason joins the commentary team. And um, Jerry Lawler says he'll show up in court with more witnesses than Jehovah, which pops me a little bit. We get a slam from Crush. And then an ugly face buster from Savio. Crush then hits a boot and the big leg. Um, that's not all it says, though. We're not in a Hogan match here. We go to a commercial. We come back, and he's got a camel clutch on, and then he locks him into a full Nelson for the submission victory. This was a bit of a dud, and we've opened Raw up with two back-to-back heel dominations, which is a strange way to run the show. We then get a video package on the Boiler Room Brawl and another recap of Ahmed Johnson and his injury angle. From there, we go to Kevin Kelly with Ahmed Johnson in his house. Not in your house, but in his house. And I'll splice a little bit of that in here, even though it's not a great promo. I'll give you a listen to Ahmed going on. First off, Ahmed, I want to thank you for allowing me to come into your home and to take this time to talk to you. Um, Everybody is very worried about you. We've heard a lot of things about your medical condition. At this moment right now, how are you feeling? Well, you know what? I can always ignore the physical pain. This isn't the first time. I've been in physical pain. It's more the mental pain that's playing the game with me right now. The mental pain hurts worse than anything in my life right now. It's the mental pain. 
Ahmed, what symptoms did you have that alerted you to call for help and eventually require emergency surgery? Well, I guess it started when I was laying in bed at night at the hotel and um, it's like my insides were just turning flips and, and my whole side and stomach area just felt like it was turning ice cold. And at that point, I, I knew then there was something wrong. What exactly have the doctors told you is the injury? What exactly happened to your kidney? Where after my kidney was when I got kicked in my kidney. By Farouk. By Farouk. It somewhat burst my kidney. And then been in a battle royal after that. Didn't help matters any. But gold dust and, and Stone Coast he lost and everybody else kicking me all in my kidneys and everything. It didn't help any. Just made the tear a little wider than what it was. Did the doctors ever say that there was a chance of losing the kidney? Well, yeah, doctors told me um, so far it's just bleeding, and if it doesn't start bleeding, then uh, from my understanding, they're going to have to take my kidney out. Basically. Have you thought about your future if you're no longer able to compete in the WWF? I, I don't know how to answer that question. I don't know if I'll ever be able to perform again. I, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to be at my highest point again in my life. I, I don't know right now. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to defend that Intercontinental title or the world title. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to defend that ever again in my life. So I really want to ask that question. From there, we go to T.L. Hopper and who? What a dream team taking on the Godwins. Um, the, yeah, you can see why Nitro kicked Raw's ass already here. Bob Backlund joins the commentary team because why the fuck not? <laughs> we get an arm drag by Henry and then Phineas works over the arm and a slam. Um, Backlund is absolutely going off on one here. <laughs> saying saying something along the lines of I'm not going to acquire AIDS um, by acquiring a condo um, and then storms off. I'm going to splice a bit of his rant here because it just sounds like I'm saying words and you need to hear this to believe it really. <laughs> And um, we get an inset of um, the Gorilla Monsoon declaring the Intercontinental Championship vacant because nobody wants to watch this match. Um, and it finishes with a slop drop with a 1-2-3. As we're told, there'll be a tournament starting next week. This has been a total throwaway ride off of a show so far, and that's why I'm breezing through it here. Uh, we see Brett on a cruise ship thinking over his career. He's chatting to Mr. Perfect here, um, saying he wants more time to decide uh, what he's going to do and isn't ready to come back just yet. From there, we send the episode to two workers and beg them to save the show. It's Owen Hart taking on Shawn Michaels. Match starts with an Owen Hart slap and Shawn Michaels skinning the cat and hitting a plancher. We get some arm drags and a slam from Owen. Shawn Michaels with a clothesline for a two. Owen Hart with a backbreaker and we go out to commercial. When we come back, Owen hits a lovely spin kick for a two. Um, we get a classic Vince. He got him, he got him. No, he didn't. We get a missile drop kick and we go to another commercial. Uh, when we come back, we see our slam of the week, and it's Sid hitting the power bomb on Marty Jannetty. Shawn Michaels kips up, hits a power slam, a top rope elbow, and tunes up the band. But out comes Vader, who knocks him off the apron. Um, Shawn knocks Vader off the apron, sorry, and then hits the sweet chin music for the one, two, three. 
before Vader comes down, comes in and beats down Shawn Michaels, hitting several Vader bombs in your classic heel beating up the baby face before the title challenge on the pay-per-view. And as many longtime wrestling fans will tell you, if the heel gets a beat down on the show before, he's not winning the title. And lo and behold, go back and listen to the episode SummerSlam versus... Um, versus Hogwild, and you will see that turns out to be true. So yeah, um, this was not the meatiest of recaps I've done for show, so I do apologize um, for that, but there just wasn't a lot of meat on the bone when it came to this episode of Raw. Um, Three really dud matches, followed by one decent one, but it was a little bit too short to really save the show. Um, I can't believe this was what they thought they would put against the hottest angle in all of wrestling, but Vince is a stubborn one at times, That takes us to the halfway point of the show, and we're going to take a little trip down memorabilia lane today. Today I'm going to tell you a little story about getting on my dial-up internet and convincing my mum to give me her credit card details so I could sign up for a brand new website she'd never heard of that sounded somewhat sketchy. Um, You may be familiar with it. It's called eBay. Yes, back in the day when eBay was purely an auction site and you had to bid on things and if you won, paid by your credit card online. A lot of people in the early 2000s didn't think that sounded like a real goer and thought it was a scam. But no, I convinced my mum to give me her credit card details. I was, I think, of age but didn't have one myself just yet. Um, And she entered it in. And the reason why I did this, why I was so desperate to sign up to this brand new website called eBay, is because I saw they had autographed 8x10s on there. And I was desperate to bid on this one of Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner. I um, had forgotten all about the fact that I, or how and why I signed up to eBay many, 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 many years ago until I was cleaning out my garage recently and came across that autographed picture of Scott Steiner in a folder um, that contains an old resume I was looking for jobs with when I was about 18 or 19. So there you go. Um, Real trip of nostalgia for me when I found that and I thought I would share that ridiculous story with all of you. Um, Has anyone else out there got any ridiculous stories of, you know, the lengths I went to to get wrestling memorabilia? I've got plenty of them that were triggered when I found this, including going to old video stores and Yep, back when video stores were a thing to people, um, and noticing that their wrestling section was getting a bit dusty and offering to buy all the tapes for them, which I did in a lot of my local video stores, um, got them at quite reasonable prices too, five to 10 Australian dollars a pop. And, um, a couple of years after DVDs came out and I started to amass that collection, all them VHSs just went in the bin, um, one of my two major regrets of giving up, or three actually major regrets I've had with wrestling merchandise over the years, um, there's that. There's the fact that our mum gave away all our Hasbros in a big sack to someone without telling us, and it had the one, two, three kid, the smoking guns, Adam Bomb, and a lot of other expensive figures. Um, could have seen a lot of money for them these days. And the other major regret that I have with my wrestling merch is I had a bunch of the classic superstars, Jack's figures, and was. Um, dating a girl and we decided to move in together and just threw them all in the bin. Um, I don't know why I did that. Just thought, there's no point moving with these. I don't even know why I bought them. So yeah, some um, major regrets of having merchandise and just dumping it over the years. That will do for our little nostalgia trip. And now we're going to head over and check out how Nitro and the NWO most likely kicked the ass of this episode of Raw. Welcome live to WCW Monday Nitro! 
two solid hours of Pro Wrestling's number one weekly television program, Monday Nitro, here on TNT. Hi, everyone. From the Great American West, we welcome you to Nitro. Tony Schiavone, along with living legend, Larry Zabisco. This has to be considered a very dark day in the annals of World Championship Wrestling. Two days removed from Hulk Hogan becoming the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. Two days removed from Hulk Hogan desecrating the prestigious gold belt that's been the symbol of World Championship Wrestling for many, many years. Later on in this telecast, we will show you the footage, the startling, revealing footage of what happened at Hogwild and Sturgis this past Saturday, Larry. Well, as you can tell by my... Uh choice of garb tonight. It reflects the mood. It is a dark day in WCW. I am extremely disappointed in the athletes, in the Dungeon of Doom, in the Four Horsemen. When Hall and Nash, when they hit the ring against the Giant, where was the so-called brotherhood of WCW that was going to stand up against the New World Odor? Where was Sting and Lex Luger? Sting and Lex Luger, and we want to show you some of what went down, had their own problems. Let's take a look. It was a tremendous crowd. Bikers, 250,000 bikers from all over the world came to Sturgis and came to see World Championship wrestling. So Nitro begins um, with Tony Schiavone and Larry Zabisco on commentary as usual for hour one coming to us from Casper, Wyoming. And Larry Zabisco rightly calls out WCW for not helping the giant, which you would have heard at the start of the show. And he's now a little bit suspect on Nick Patrick. Seriously, I don't think I mentioned enough in the pay-per-view recap how ridiculous it was that the giant was laid out for nearly 10 minutes while that whole beefcake, birthday cake angle went on and he just lay there in the ring. Hogan really made the giant look like a chump. When we get into the ring, it's an eight-man tag to start us off. High voltage um, and rough and ready, taking on the Dungeon of Doom. This sounds like a barn burner. <laughs> High voltage. Um, uh, you know, they come out and one of them says, we're high on life, 100%. Um, yeah, great, cool, thanks for that. Um, Tony Schiavone tells us that um, there are three title matches tonight, a.k.a. don't turn off the show during this shit one that we're opening with. Um, and then we've got Enos and Barbarian exchanging shots. Um, that's really the story of the match. <laughs> Not much else happens. Um, I somehow seem to have even missed writing down exactly who won. So apologies for that. If anyone really cares, please Google it. I'm not going back to watch this twice. Um, uh, having a bit of a rough run, rough one with the August 12 episodes here, folks. I do apologize. We go to DDP taking on the Renegade. Yes, the Renegade's still here at this point in time. They begin with some chain wrestling before Renegade. Um, sorry, <laughs> not before Renegade. I've got the first note. I'm having an absolute nightmare. Um, is that Renegade is wearing a little neck scarf that looks like what they put on our poodle when he goes for a haircut. <laughs> Um, we get a clothesline from DDP to some heavy booze. He works a headlock uh, with his feet on the ropes. Renegade with a roll-up for a two. A couple of clotheslines before a su suplex is reversed into the diamond cutter. This was when DDP was finding unique ways to hit the diamond cutter in every match. We then go backstage to the NWO. Um, they, ex they mentioned that they want four or five guys, um, or that they have four or five guys. I'll splice this in. They also ex accept Sting and Lex Luger's challenge for tonight. <laughs> oh, man. You know, all of a sudden, <laughs> now they act like we're important, you know? Yeah, I can't <laughs> believe the audacity that these guys have 
I mean, we're on New World Order time right now. I mean, you can make all the challenges you want to, boys, but hey, we're in our gear, but we'll do this when we feel ready. I can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. We beat them at Bash of the Beach in a six-man. We did what we say we do at Hog Wild. We beat them, and the main thing we accomplished, Hulkster took their belt. You notice it's NWO belt now. Tell these two punks something. I heard some whining and crying about Nick Patrick. You guys blaming your loss on a referee. Senior. He's a fine referee. Don't blame it on him. official Nick Patrick. You lost. Fine referee. You lost at Hog Wild, and you want to fight us? You're going to get to later tonight. That's right, Joe. And you, you know, lose you know, again. You know, I we disagree every once in a while. You know, it's okay. You don't have anything to prove. No. You know. And all of a sudden, you know, they didn't want us anywhere around. Now they're calling me, calling my agent. They're banging on the door. I, I got tired of getting up and answering the door here a minute ago. It's the same old thing. Now they want their chance. Now they're ready. Well, you know, if you guys wanted to have a good workout or something like that, maybe you could have fun with those punks. But the thing is, the thing that really tears me up is they haven't figured out who the fourth and fifth guy are. I mean, we've given them all the hints. So Stay there. Yeah. Stay there. But what are they going to do? I mean, they're not even smart enough to figure this thing out. And uh, now, you know what? This belt, I don't even like the look of this belt. Thing's too heavy. It hurts my shoulder when I'm going through the airport. You know, we really need to talk about a design. You know, maybe our own belt. You know, we can melt, melt that down. They got, you got that buddy in Tampa, Seven. right? Yeah. Got that buddy Seven. in Tampa melt that down. First thing down. needs to go. First thing we need to get rid of is this thing. Yeah. Is that giant... <laughs> cleaned his clock. He's a loser. And Sting and Luger, you losers too. You know? Punk. Can I, can I use your line, Hulkster? Go for it. What you gonna do when Hulkamania, the Outsiders, and the New World Order runs wild on you? You know, that line's okay, but it's not, not fitting the occasion because, I mean, you know, tonight... They want you guys to climb the ring. You got your gear on. You know, I was I was arguing with you about that earlier. You know, I was really you know I didn't want you guys to wrestle each other, and I, I definitely don't want to wrestle you guys. But to get back in the ring with Sting and Luger, I think the last few WCW fans might might just go ahead and disown them if you embarrass them again, which we will. Yeah. So maybe what you got to do is right. You know, I'm I'm really confused now. I'm upset about this whole thing. Don't call us, we'll call you. Absolutely. We then go to our next matchup, which is Conan versus Jim Powers. Some nice knees from Conan to start. Uh, we get a clothesline from Powers and a hip toss and a knee lift before Conan um, hits a sneaky cheating pin for the one, two, three, and cuts a promo on the NWO to booze. This is a bit of a weird one here. Um, why have a guy start acting heelish, but then have him cut a promo against the heel faction that's taking over? Bit of a mishmash. I don't think this one made too much sense. Speaking of not making sense, <laughs> we seem to be... We're back after a few technical difficulties, and you may recognize from the ambience or the sound of my voice that this is a different recording session, as I am recording on my new laptop for the first time ever, and somehow it basically just stopped playing back the sound, so I had to go back to an old version of the file, blah, 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 I won't bore you. 
what I was saying was that some things were a bit nonsensical and putting good wrestlers with terrible wrestlers for the entire night didn't make any sense. We've had back-to-back matches of DDP and Conan against subpar opponents and now we're going on to Chris Benoit taking on Big Ron Stud. We get some slaps from Benoit before Stud comes back with some strikes in the corner. Benoit levels the playing field with a low drop kick and working on the leg before finishing the match off pretty quickly with a superplex for the 1-2-3. And whilst this is a good push for Benoit beating a much bigger opponent, it just, yeah, it didn't really highlight his skill set too well. Mean Gene comes in to talk to Benoit and the girls, Liz and um, Woman, for those that haven't been keeping up. And he talks about facing the Giant in the Clash of the Champions on Thursday. He cuts a pretty awful promo. It's not his best work. Um, It never really became a strong point of his, but it got better than this. We do the hour two swap over. Um, Eric Bischoff makes a bit of a funny comment that hints that he may be joining the NWO in my mind, or maybe I'm reading too much into it. Let me splice it in for you fine people at home and tell me what you think. They are ready. They want the outsider. They want him tonight. But I got to ask you the $64,000 question, Eric Bischoff. Where were you last week, and why did you desert me? Well, where I was and what I was doing, basically I was taking care of some business. We'll just let it go with that. Coming up next, the World Tag Team Titles. There you have it. Interested to see if everyone else caught that or if it's just me being a bit, knowing what's coming in the future and making up my own conclusions. We then go to the Steiners taking on Harlem Heat, who are the World Tag Team Champions. We get a bit of a beatdown from Scott Steiner early, hits a big belly-to-belly. Um, we see a Rick Steiner backdrop for a two. They brawl along the outside before Rick hits a power slam for a two. We get a double underhook from Scott, um, and then a bit of a botched ending as Sherry hooks the leg way too soon on a suplex from the outside. Think the Rick Rude Ultimate Warrior Bobby Heenan spot from WrestleMania 5, um, but she grabs Rick's leg before he's gone up for the suplex, and he still carries through with the move. Um, however, it leads to nothing as the referee supposedly saw it, and we get a disqualification ending, but it wasn't very clear at the start, so not the best effort. Um, these two teams could definitely do better. We go to Heenan and Bischoff discussing the betrayal of the booty man and we show the Medusa trashing of the bike from the pay-per-view as discussed in a previous episode. From there we go to Rey Mysterio taking on Ultimo Dragon in a match I am very excited for. As I attempt to now plug my laptop back in before it dies and we have any more drama with this episode. Uh, the fact that so many of you listen to this podcast is astounding to me because I am the absolute dirt worst when it comes to technology, editing, promotion. You know, all the things that make a podcast work. It's pretty much just me watching wrestling and chatting shit. So this is a great time to thank everybody that does listen to the show. Um, we get a... Um, Great kick combo from Ultimo Dragon to start with. I love Ultimo Dragon, one of my absolute favorites. Um, if it was on OSW, he could definitely be in my boy stable. Um, we get a spinning shoulder breaker for a two before Ray comes back with a springboard rana and a flipping plancher. We get a suicide dive from Dragon and a suplex for a two uh, before Ray rolls out of a power bomb to hook up the one, two, three in a really good finish. We then have the commentary team recapping Ric Flair beating Eddie Guerrero at the pay-per-view before coming into Ric Flair's latest US title defense against the Macho Man Randy Savage. Rick, of course, coming out with Woman and Liz. 
Macho is a house of fire early and Ric Flair has to poke him in the eye to get a breather. We brawl along the outside and we go to commercial. When we come back, Liz has a big slap for Macho. We've got some more brawling. Flair works over the leg and locks on the figure four. He gets out of it, does Macho Man, and we get a back suplex from Rick before Macho gets some offense in and catches him up top. The referee bumps and Macho Man hits a top rope axe handle to the floor. Oh, that's a move that surely did worse damage for his knees and it got pops, but respect for Macho for always adding that in. Hulk Hogan comes out and hits a couple of you know fairly average chair shots to the Macho Man before tossing him in the ring and Ric Flair picks up the one, two, three as the referee revives. Um, we get a hint that Ric Flair is with Hollywood Hogan here, um, the way that he didn't attack him and the commentary team make a big deal of it. Um, Obviously a big red herring, as we all know, but interesting that they were going down this path of teasing different allegiances at this time. As if the commentary team recapping it and watching it for the pay-per-view wasn't bad enough, we get a video recap of the Booty Man cake incident while Giant lays there having a nap. Um, I've been over that in plenty of detail in the previous episodes, so I'll leave that one for now. And then we go to Gene with Hulk Hogan, who cuts the cheesiest of heel promos. Oh, my God. Everyone in WCW has got new nicknames. Instead of being the nature boy, we're going to call him the stupid little man. Oh, it's it's bad. Um, and then from there, we get the commentary team stalling. I'm not really sure if this was a shoot or a work or what, but they're kind of just buying time. Before we go to our main event, which is the Outsiders taking on Sting and Lex Luger in a rematch from the pay-per-view. Lex comes out on his own um, and just starts attacking them both before Sting comes in from the crowd and joins him, which was a little bit of a weird, I'm not sure what they were going for there. They brawl along the outside, um, we get a Kevin Nash sidewalk slam, and the commentary team keep um, saying that we're going to a commercial, but we never do, so I keep on writing commercial break and then crossing it out on my notes. Um, there's just something off about this last sort of 20 minutes of the show. I'm not really sure what's going on. I don't know if they got their time cues wrong or what, but it was a little messy. We see the four horsemen come out as all four men are brawling and the outsiders just bail it through the crowd. Um, the commentary team was speculating on Nick Patrick not disqualifying um, the outsiders for a blatant throw over the top rope. Um, and then we get a replay and we show that Nick Patrick actually pulled Scott Hall out of the way of a singer splash. I completely missed that during the course of the match. I'm not sure if it was an intentional sort of miss from the cameraman so that they could, you know, not make it too obvious or if I'm just you know, had my head in my book writing notes or what. But either way, it made for a good effect for me as the commentary team kind of like got to pull out that, oh, look at that. We, you know, we found this. There is something going on. Gene comes in and Ric Flair cuts a promo on Hulk Hogan at the Clash of the Champions. And we call that a wrap for this episode. Bit of a strange ending to Nitro. And um, yeah, it, it felt like the show to watch, but it also felt like they were sort of running by the seat of their pants a little bit as well, which is probably true, to be fair. They'd got lightning in a bottle, but that didn't mean they were fully ready for, you know, becoming the hottest wrestling program in the world at the time. So um, I dare say that's just a, a matter of what's going on in the wrestling world right now. Anywho, that's the two shows watch. So it's time for us to go over and pick ourselves a winner. For production, sorry, for production value, I'm actually going to go with Raw, just because of some of the snafus and not knowing when they're going to commercial on Nitro, although the look and the feel of the show does feel a lot more modern in recent weeks compared to previously. 
Crowd heat, I'm flicking straight back to Nitro. Um, they've got the hottest angle in the business, and Raw did nothing to really excite the crowd. Um, they did get behind Sean, but other than that, I mean, it was just dud after dud on Raw. So the crowd had a lot more meat on the bone over on Nitro and reacted accordingly. Storylines, I'm also going with Nitro. Um, this whole who's going to join the NWO, who's already with them, who's against us um, angle is really finding its feet. And a few missteps here and there, but it's really the hottest thing in wrestling by a landslide right now. Characters, I'm also going with Nitro. Um, I did make mention of the fact that it was one big name against a jobber for most of the show, and that certainly rings true. But you had Hogan, you had Flair, you had Macho. Um, and then if you flick back to Raw and you think, yeah, we had Sean... Um, on the show um, against Owen Hart, but we also had the Godwins versus T.L. Hopper and who um, Savio versus Crush and Farouk versus Skip. And depending on your mileage on some of those guys, yeah, there is star quality, but, you know, the majority of the guys in those matches didn't become big names. And, you know, we had DDP on the undercard. We had the Steiners. We had Harlem Heat. Nitro just had way more bang for the buck and gave you bigger names. And that takes us to match quality, and match quality easily goes to Nitro as well. Um, you know, I know there was some not-so-great matches, but Macho vs. Flair, really, really hot. Dragon versus Ray, better than anything on both shows. So whilst I wouldn't consider this, like, a classic Nitro in terms of in-ring content, Raw just didn't do anything to beat it. So those ratings at the start of the show, to me, they ring fair. Nitro, you know, wasn't on top of its game, but it was hugely on the ascendance up, and Raw was just stagnant and giving you the same old shit so nitro absolutely pace raw on this one and i've got to give the win to wcw by a bit of a landslide so well done wcw and nitro that'll do it for today's show um sorry for the delay um this show was meant to be up a week ago but as i said i lost the file so i really do apologize for the hold up there and it has in turn backed up the next show which is going to be the first ever tna pay-per-view versus that week's episode of monday night raw i'll have that delivered to you within another week or two of this one dropping so stay tuned for that and then i'm sure i'll be recording with richie and duncan once again in the future so lots to come and as i said earlier in the episode thanks to everyone for listening and sticking with us i know we don't really really drop on a schedule um it's because it's just me trying to fit this into a, a you know at times busy life um but you guys are always loyal and listen and check out the show so thank you all once again for that um would love to hear from some of you that's probably the one thing i say that we don't have a ton of fan interaction and again it's just me so i don't go chasing it but feel free to drop a message or get in touch with the show anytime you like Otherwise, everyone, enjoy the rest of your day, whatever time of day and place in the world you're listening to this, and I'll be in touch with you all soon.